All right, we on. Welcome to Front Row with Jackie Rowe, everyone. I hope everybody's doing well. Thank you for tuning in, and uh, thank you for everyone that's been listening thus far. So today we're going to switch it up. Today we're going to give you something that's a little bit about, you know, my life and that background about me, that fighter in me. I'm going to switch it up with one of my special guests, my little brother. You know what I mean? He was a client of mine's. He is a Brooklyn thoroughbred. He's not a loaf of bread. And with all due respect, I want y'all to give it up because he's actually getting ready to have a fight and he's going through his weight right right now. But say hello to my little friend, but a big friend, one of Brooklyn Knights, Mr. Super Jab Zab Zab Judah. What up, Zab? Yo, what's up, Matthew? What's up? What's up? What's going on with you? Uh, a lot of hard work, dedication right now. I'm about nine, nine to eight days out of my fight right now. I'm fighting uh, June the 7th. Uh, my opponent, Cletus Seldon, fighting for the uh, WBO Championship of the World. And, you know, I'm just locked and loaded and focused. Yeah, man. You know, you've been doing this a long time. I really want to start off yeah. with... You know, just tell, you know, everybody how much I commend you, you know, for still being a part of the boxing game, still being true to the game as one of, you know, the greater one of Brooklyn's greatest fighter in the streets and in the ring, you know? So we love that about you because your tenacity be on 100. You know, I know you're going to kick ass when you get to that point, to the to this fight. But we know we ain't got to worry about that. But, um, Zab, I really, <laughs> I really want you to um, tell them a little bit about your Brooklyn background. You know what I'm saying? Whatever is in the background, they're going to have to kind of like low that down a little bit because this picks up everything. Um, okay. Yeah, just let them know a little bit. Like, you know, I wanted to tell the people, I want you to start off with one of the biggest pitches that you can remember in your life growing up from Brooklyn because this time I like to you know talk about my Brooklyn nights you know what I mean people that are from Brooklyn always shout out to Brooklyn because if it wasn't for Brooklyn a lot of us wouldn't be who we are so Zab get them a little walk through your journey where you was born you know what I mean what part of Brooklyn you know you was raised in da 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 um my name is Zab Super Judah I'm a six time champion in the world I'm born and raised in Brownsville Brooklyn shout out to Brownsville um, just uh up the block. I lived on, I lived on um, Herzog lot. Up the block. I was born on Herzog uh, lot, right up the block from Tyson. Um, it's the Brownsville Projects with Marcus Garvey. Um, what can I say? I was just a full, uh, a full thoroughbred from Brownsville. And I rep my, I rep my city and I love it. And, you know, it made me who I am today. So tell them you got brothers, right, Zad? Tell them about your your yeah. brothers. Yeah, I come from a big family. I got uh, I got ten ten brothers, four sisters. Wow. And, um, yeah, my my um, father is uh, I got into boxing through my through my father. My father is a six time kickboxing world champion, and um, he was a master B black belt, shoulder country jiu I mean, excuse me, a three time kickboxing. World champion, an athlete, black belt, and shoulder contrast. Just too, he's a bad man. Yeah, shout out to Yoel. I was trying to get him on here, but I'm gonna get him on here probably next. (laughs) But yeah, and your mother? Yeah, he's my trainer from day one, and he's still my trainer now. Yeah. My mom. Funny story. My mom and my dad actually they met in karate school. 
Wow. Black, yeah, they're both black belts. And, um, you know, I guess, you know, one the two. I never knew that. I never knew that your yeah. mom was in the um, karate. Get yeah, out of here. Yeah. My mom's a black belt. So the country's yeah. Um, so I guess when my mom and my dad met in karate school, they made Super Junior. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Zap. I, can't, I thought um, I turned professional. Turned professional in 1996. And um, since then, I won six championships in the world, three different weight classes. And in 2019, and I'm still here, getting ready to go for my seventh world title. Yeah. On six, on six, seven. So I'm going for my, I'm six times seven in the world right now. Going for my seven world title on six, seven. You guys do it. Wow. That's deep. That's some deep, 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 deep <laughs> stuff right there. So, Zach, tell me, when did you decide? I mean, when did you know? I know that it, it all happened because your parents was into the martial arts. But when did you really know? Because I know you're a little badass. We're not even going to go into until we get further down the line. <laughs> but when did you know? Or did your father, who, who picked it out? Because, you know... Certain people, when they know that their kids can fight, they saw certain little things in them that they know that, oh, wait a minute, I got to I gotta mold this. I got to make sure that I keep putting him into certain situations or certain schools to groom that. When did you, did you know that you wanted to be a fighter when you was young? Or did it, was it, was it thrust upon you that, you know, they molding you to be, become a fighter? Um, I don't think that I had, um, uh, any kind of, any kind of notion that I wanted to be where I'm at today. I, you know, mm. I mean, I, you know, it just all started out with, it was a tournament called Give a Kid a Dream. Mm. Golden Glove tournament that started out when we was uh, uh, six years old. I had my first fight at six years old. I started training at five. Um, wow. Called Give a, yeah, it was a tournament called the Give a Kid a Dream tournament. And I won that tournament. And um, I forgot what year it was. I mean, I was about five years old. Wow. No, I was six years old. I was six years old, mm-hmm. I was six years old. So um, from that from that time on, I just kept blossoming. I mean, my amateur record was 115 wins and five losses. So, I mean, I, I, I predominantly won everything that was placed in front of me. You know, I'm a three-time New York City Golden World Champion. I've won every New York City tournament. Uh, over four times and better. You know, I'm a national champion, a 1996 Olympian. Um, what can I say? I don't know. I mean, God was just on my yeah, side. Yeah, very impressive. Yeah, I just, I just stayed with it and stayed humble and stayed down. And, you know, you just kept it what you called out. Yeah, that was, you know, that was definitely some good stats that you gave right there. But, you know, because you actually won the tournament, when did you start loving it? When did you love it? Because, you know, most athletes, they they become the best because that's what they love. They just, you know, get up every day and they like, yo, you know, I'm ready to train. I'm ready to do this. I'm ready to be the champion. You know what I mean? Well, when did you start it, like, really say, 
Yo, I love this. I really love boxing because you got to love this shit to be doing it because, you know, we from the streets and we from both, we both have boxing experience and stuff. And I was a little fighter when I was young. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to say I loved it to fight, but I know if anybody came, you know, in my face and we had a little, you know, they was going to feel my wrath. But <laughs> I, I'm not going to say I, you know, loved it the street, bro. But, you know, to be good at what you do, you have to love it. And I want to know, when did you decide that you really, really, camera back then this is when we really wish there was a camera back in there and they could really film that stuff right yo listen so i'm bugging so i'm like wait a minute mm. they must have made a mistake and slipped some money under, under the wrong door <laughs> nah. the wrong nigga so i'm like all right 600 
Like you G'd off, right? Like you G'd you know, off, I like, like I, I felt like that made a mistake, and so I, I put the envelope up, hit the shit under my mattress, like boom. <laughs> like I don't want nobody coming. So I didn't say nothing for it, for like, for like, no joke, Jackie. I didn't say nothing. Like I guess let's just say it was Friday, right? Mm-hmm. I went through the whole week with everything. No, no, no I'm lying. I, I, I got into um. I got like five days, yep, Saturday. So Monday, Tuesday, we went downstairs and we had all went to eat. So the, the coach name was Ronnie Shell. He was like, come on, let's let's go, we're gonna go eat. Mm-hmm. And everything like that. So I was like, alright, what's up? And he was like, um, you know, come on, you wanna go eat? I was like, yeah. And he was like, you got money? And I was like, nah, I ain't got no money. He was like, so what happened with the Perdem? He said, Did you get the Perdem money that 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 I put under your door? And I was like, Oh, yeah, 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 I got that, but I didn't tell you that. He said, oh, yeah, that's your food money. That's for you to eat every week. So now, my dumb ass, Jackie, the whole weekend, I, I got the money stashed. Uh-huh. Thinking that, yo, I like, like, I got to come up. I'm like, yo, nigga, I'm about to go get fresh. Like, as soon as I'm going to two more days, and somebody don't say nothing, I'm about to go bust this money up. Nah, yeah. I that. This is my food money that I'm supposed to get every week for me to eat on. You know what yeah. I mean? It was crazy. Mike had a but similar story like that too when he was growing up too. Because come on, you coming from Browns, you coming from Brooklyn. You're not used to nobody oh, just yeah. giving you no money like that. No. You know what I mean? So of course you're gonna start thinking smutty and gutty. You're gonna start thinking, oh shit, they made a mistake. I ain't telling nobody nothing. But that was just some of the perks. But okay, so that was yeah. the perks. Now when did you start loving it? Like loving boxing. Go ahead. Love oh, that no, is. I started boxing with Whitaker, I started training with Whitaker, and, you know, I turned professional, and then I started making money. Then I guess, I guess when I turned pro, and after the Olympics and everything like that, you know, because, I mean, the Olympics is cool, because we had got more of them money all the way up, but, I mean, like, and in 96, we were making, like, $2,000, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. like, $2,000 a week. So that was pretty cool, you know what I'm saying? But then, damn, well, wait a minute, but that two thousand dollars when you started getting to that, it was pretty cool. But well, come on, man, you was on, we was probably what seventeen, yeah, eighteen was, then? Yeah, I was, I was, yeah, I was seventeen. I was seventeen. Yeah. Like, at, at eighteen is when I turned professional. I turned professional with Shelly Finkel and Lou mm-hmm. That's when I got my signing bonus, and then I started making money per fight. You know, I was making like seventy five hundred dollars per fight. You know what I'm saying? But I had got a nice sign up bonus, like a million dollar sign up bonus, and I was good. So, you know, it was that's when the money. I mean, once I started making money and knocking guys out. But that's what that would okay. But all right, all right. So that's the money aspect, that's the perks, and that's the elevation of how you got there. But in the midst of that, I want the meat and potatoes. Like, you got, I know you because you sound your story is so so familiar, like Mike, in in a a lot of ways. Because y'all, you know, we coming from the hustler mentality, and then when we start turning pro and getting legit money, it's like, whoa, I can do this and just get paid. I ain't got to go hustle, you know what I mean? So it does turn your life around tremendously. But it had to be a part. There's a, a pinnacle somewhere in your in your life that you said you started loving this. Like I really love this. Like boxing. Like you know, I'm trying to figure out was there ever that moment? Because you just go on about at this time. At this time, no. 
Okay. Not yet. Okay. Not yet. It was, I was still going. I mean, like, it wasn't no love for it yet. It was okay. Like, it was That's honest. I love that. Yeah. yeah. It was normal. It was beating guys up, getting <laughs> money. It was just, yeah, it, was, it wasn't like no love. I, I, I just love it. I was just like, yo, having fun. Like, I, like it seemed natural to me. It didn't seem right. hard. It didn't seem like out of, you know, out of place. Mm-hmm. It seemed all natural to me. Just like, you know, you like you were just beating up. up. You're just getting paid for it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Then I started traveling with Mike. I started going all around the world and, and fighting on Tyson Undercloud. You know, I got a chance to open up like eight eight to nine different times for Mike Tyson. Well, we know we got to um, talk about how that happened because I think I was instrumental yeah. in that. So yeah, before yeah, we even know, get yeah. to that, before we even get to that, but that's beautiful. I want to, I just, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I said, I said, this is deep. Okay. Yeah. Deep. Yeah, it's going to get very deep, though. So now, um, you know, you're getting all this money now. You know how we transition, because after now, you're doing your thing. You're doing your numbers in the boxing world. How does it, when did it feel different when you came back now, you came home back to Brooklyn after all of these different fights and bouts and stuff like how was the mental was the wild and out when you started just like you know you know i'm that nigga i'm that man i'm you know i'm zad judah like how was that mental game i mean at this time now like once i'm professional and i'm going strong you know my mom moved to north carolina you know what i'm saying we we moved to north carolina and my dad was selling brooklyn so we were out of the projects mm-hmm. we were out of the you know poverty situation you know, my dad was never in the poverty children. My, my dad always had how, uh, a nice house and a lot mm-hmm. of cars and, you know, living a uh, uh, luxury lifestyle, you know what I'm saying? And, but now now my mom is in North Carolina. She got a nice house. She got cars. She she living we up now. You right, know what I mean? And, right. Moving on know, up. I'm mm-hmm. in, yeah, yeah. Um, so at this time, I think I'm living in Jersey. I'm living in Jersey. I'm, I'm with my first wife yet, but we're not married yet. And, um, Wait, we, uh, we, 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 we jumping the gun. We, we too far. You giving too far. And I'm like, we not even yeah. talking about that. We still talking about young Zab. You not even there yet because you still young. We talking about 18, 19. I want the audience to know about that little era because I want the little young kid that's growing up. Right. No, we're not giving them everything. I just want to give them. No, no. Well, yes, they will. Because Dugan's going to give them a little piece. I just want you to give them that little piece of when you was 19, 20, and you came back into Brooklyn. You know what I'm saying? Like, what was that view on you? Like, you know, of course, everybody loved you because you a champion, da 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 You know, but, but this is when you was wilding out, though. This is when you used to be in the clubs and, you know, share a little bit about that. We're not going to go too much in deep, but, you know? Um... Did it have it? it? Did it have its perks? It's so okay. So now you see your professional fighting there, but how was it when you? How were you received when you came home, champion in Brooklyn? That's what I'm trying to get you to talk oh, about. Oh no! Nah. Oh no! Nah. I mean, Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Brooklyn was, was uh, very, um, was very welcoming. I mean, they were very, um, like the champions here. You know, I had a lot of big parties. I remember when we first won in the first world title. I had a big party mm-hmm. at the lab. Mm-hmm. I um it was a club called the Lab in Brooklyn. And you mm-hmm. know, it was pretty famous and um we had a big party and I had like a lot of pioneers of street life, a lot of pioneers of music, you know what I'm saying? They came out to my celebration and celebrated with me and 
I just remember what Jay-Z, you know, having a likening to you, because remember, Jay and you yeah. were real close, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, you know, that whole rock nation, they just, you know, like, that's what I'm saying, Brooklyn just, like, picked yeah, you up. Yeah, I, I, I got a chance to meet Biggie, too. Yeah. I got a chance to meet mm-hmm. Biggie before he died, yeah. yeah. My boy, I, my boy, I knew Biggie, yeah. mm-hmm. from the studio. Mm-hmm. You know, to meet uh, uh, Big, I met Big and Mace, I, I, Mace the same day. Right. And okay. um, I remember coming to the studio and they was on the couch seat. Mm-hmm. And boy, he was snoring. He was snoring. <laughs> up. Ooh, boy, he was calling. He was calling. Ooh, I, said, I said, I was looking at him like, yo, is he all right? <laughs> <laughs> Shout out like, to nah, Biggie. Nah, we nah. miss you, Biggie yeah. Smalls. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, nah, that's just how you sleep. And then my boy Jeff. Mm-hmm. I was just with all of them the other night. Yeah. Yeah. And me and Jeff was, you know, my brother Jeff, we took a big liking to each other and we hung out a lot. Yeah. And we kicked it. And, um, I don't know, it's a small world, you know. Yeah. Him and the Mafia. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And my boy Jay-Z. You yeah. You know, hung out with Jay. You know, he Jay Z, I'm DJ. Yeah, Jay liked you, know? you a lot. I always used to see he gave you mad love. That's what's up, and little Kim. Well, you know, how did the women's? Cause you know, you was the little man back then, so you know, all the girls was all uh, like Zad Judah. I had problems. Oh yeah. <sighs> yeah you know, let I, me interject a little women, bit so let people really understand. The, like the women receiving <laughs> overdogs. Let's put it that way. <laughs> oh God. So for those that don't really know, um, Zab, Zab was introduced to me. I don't even recall, but I think it was in, it was maybe before Justin's because street, street life, street light, you meet people. And of course, at that time, I was heavy into the boxing world as Jackie Tyson. And um, I saw Zab and I don't know if he came to my office. What did you do? Come to my office downtown Brooklyn or I saw, I met you somewhere and I just was like, yo, he just reminds me so much of a little Mike, you know? And here I go feeling that I can probably just groom him and cultivate him because he was wild. He was a little wild one. And I was like... When I came to Jackie's office, Jackie had all the girls in her office. All the girls, all the pretty girls. Mm-hmm. Jackie was all over the place. Mm-hmm. You know, and Jackie was hanging out or just stopping by to say hi. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't and think I they were hanging out. Them. They were stopping by to say hi because I wasn't having that. I already had like a bad reputation. People was like, oh, Jackie this, Jackie that. I was like, here we go. And I wasn't hardly even there. I just set up a foundation to help people with their music because of my son's career. Gave all these people opportunities to have an office to whatever, you know, uh, fulfill their dreams to becoming whoever they wanted to be at the time. I was working with artists and stuff. But anyway, you... I know I had this conversation with you and I just kept saying this, like shaking my head saying, oh my God, this is a little Mike Tyson. Then you told me you was from Brownsville and I was like, oh my God. And then I'm like, you know, but I'm like, oh, what am I going to do with this guy? So I said, no, I'm not going to let him walk down the street. But she was already just like Mike. You had a lot of girls. You knew what it was like to have money. You was already known. And I'm like, oh my goodness. So I decided to do a little PR for you, correct? All right, no, but... The main thing, you don't remember what you did. You told me, and I take it literally, you said, oh, no, this is uh, this is my office, me, Casa, and Casa. Mm-hmm. I remember that on the first day. You said, me, Casa, and Casa, my house is your house. 
Oh, of course. I took that shit literally. Yeah, like, you, I was like, oh, I will be back here. Yeah, you sure <laughs> was there every day. Every time you got a chance, you was there. So I started really doing some PR with you and, you know, like the clubs down at Justin's and certain little things. And I remember one day I had my birthday parties at Mr. Child's. And Mr. Child's, of course, I had you there, a couple other people, and I had Mita there from Bad Boys. I had Karen Anderson. I had a few people in and out because Mr. Child was that place at the time. And this is how you two little sneaky suckers met each other. I said, Zab Judah, did you ever meet Mita? Because Mita was working at Bad Boys at the time. I said, Mita, did you ever meet Zab? And you guys met, and it just took your own form on from then, correct? Yeah, I met at your birthday dinner, and then, I don't know, maybe like a couple of years later, I married her. <laughs> and I wasn't invited, guys. How about that? <laughs> These two were taking on a former day owner. They had a beautiful little goddaughter, my goddaughter, Destiny. Yeah, Destiny, tell them how many kids you have. Well, this is Destiny is my goddaughter. And and tell them how many. She's calling you? No, that's my dog. Oh, that's your dog. So now tell them about um, how many kids and children you have and how does it, you know, how has it been being a father and juggling that career? I have a big family. I have um, I, I have uh, twin boys now, so I have I have four I have four. Congratulations! Come here, come here, come here. I have four boys and four girls. Wow, eight. Yep, I have a big family, and I have uh, two grand two grandchildren. Oh, congratulations, granddad! Uh huh. So, at the age of forty-one years old right now, life is good. Life has been good to me, great to me. And I'm just having a great time. No, no. Okay, they, they, all right, baby, baby. We doing an interview. Could they take the dog back there? <laughs> no, ain't nobody here. It's, it's me and them. Oh, okay. It's a little yorkie. Oh, I have a yorkie too. I have a yorkie too. So, um, Mita, Mita, how, you know, how was that? Cause you know, Mita's doing her thing. Shout out to Mita. She got this, uh, yeah. thing up. She doing the boxing wives that's coming out too. So. Yeah. Can't well, wait. Actually, both of us, we're here, we're yeah. both on the show. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. All of you guys. Yeah, of course. I, I was and there, myself, too. Myself, Nita. Mm-hmm. It's my current girlfriend, Kia. Mm-hmm. Your daughter, um, Destiny. My daughter, Destiny, yeah. My family, I mean. Yeah. My other daughter, Jaya, she's on it. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to look actually, forward we'll to be, that. Actually, we'll be filming, too, um, this next weekend coming out as a fight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll get some more shots for every yeah. fight. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I was cool, I was uh, there at a couple of taping and stuff. I, I, I love it. It's, you know what I mean? They had... Um, look out for the boxing wife. Yeah, exactly. Look out for the boxing wife. You know, they had came to me with that first, and I was like, um, you got to find... If I talk to Kiki Zab or, or Mita, one of them people, because I, I don't know about it, I wouldn't, I'm not a boxing wife, but I know it, it actually was not um, very far off for of Mita, because Mita, she's just, you know, she's, a lot of people don't know her story, but shout out to her, she just got her, um, her master's, what was that again, I think, she, last night I was talking to her, a PhD. yeah, PhD, so shout out to Mita, doing her numbers, that's my little boo. 
So one time, Zab, it was like a transition for you when you figured that I'm going to leave New York and you picked up and you moved to Las Vegas. How was that? What was that about? Because you changed completely for like a couple years. You were into God. You like you had me bugging. I never knew, you know, like just listening to you sometimes and used to chart certain things from the Bible. I said, damn, that was mad intelligent. Like, you know, it takes it takes a certain spirit to be able to transition into that type of and still at a young age because you were still like in your late 30s right and you just decided that you wanted to find like really that said that you you weren't already in christ but you devoted your time to christ and then you made that switch you moved to las vegas and i'm like you know i grew up in las vegas and i was like zab you out in vegas she's like oh jack that's the best thing i can have so tell us about that um i was going through a lot i went through a divorce and um, I decided to leave New York, move to Las Vegas. And um, I went to Las Vegas, and um, I started life, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I, I mean, well, I was divorced already in New York. I stayed a couple years by then. And then I started um, dating my, you know, my, my ex-wife, uh, Christina, and we moved to Las Vegas. And you have a and son? We just, yeah, and, and then we had a little dad. Mm-hmm. And, um, Shout out to Little Zeb. <laughs> yeah, he was sitting out, and we started and we started life out there. We just, wow. you know, we so we started going to church, and you know, I was always a Christian. I got baptized and stuff at the age of thirteen years old. You know, I grew up a Hebrew Israelite, a black Jew. Yes. And um, and um, you know, I I did that for predominantly my whole life. I never knew about Christmas or anything until like the age of fourteen. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, that's how I discovered that's how I discovered about Christmas and things like that. And, you know, just 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 uh getting into that part of life and when I got to Las Vegas, you know, I I decided to tap back into my Christian life and we started going to church, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I thought I, I started worshiping hard and people know how it's like, you know, when you get when you get found in back in with the Lord and you lock back in you know, it's something special happens to you. And, yes. you know, that magic hit me again, and I, I, just, I just locked and loaded. Yeah, shout out and to... Here I, and here I am now. Yeah, blessed to the Almighty, you know, all praises due to God, because you never can go wrong with Him. And I love that about you, Zab. If I never told you that, I really love that, that you are so you know in, in in deep with the lord and you're so in tune with them like you know i love that when you be posting those things and just to see where you come from and that's the whole thing why i wanted to do this interview because i like people to know you know the in-depth i know you got movies things that's going to come out more but you know with me i like to just be one-on-one because you know you're like my little brother and i love you you know even though you're hard-headed as a mother but i know when you was here over here for um new year's and we were speaking i, I looked at you and i saw and even the other day in the car when we was giving out turkeys i just looked at you and i said damn zab remember i said to her, i said zab you grown you're not my little baby brother, no. <laughs> You're grown. You said, yeah, Jackie, I'm 40. I was like, no, people can be an age, but they does, you know, some people just don't grow, but you have evolved so maturely, like the way you stood there when Mita was talking and, you know, you just, you embrace it. Even in the house when you were here, um, New Year's and we were talking, you just, you just, you just different. 
like you really have evolved. So I just like, I'm just so proud of you. You know what I mean? And being, you know, trying really hard to, you know, be a good father, still being a breadwinner, you know, and you have other brothers, you know, tell them about all your other brothers that are boxers out of the big family structure. Yeah, um, I got a big family. Um, currently, I'm on, I'm the only one, the last one still competing. Mm-hmm. And um, but we come from a big family. Everybody fought. All of my brothers fought Daniel, Josiah, and Joseph. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, yeah, we had a bunch of Daniel champion. He made a lot of big noise in the game. Josiah made a lot of big noise in the game. And um, hey, we just push on, pushing, pushing, and pushing. So, what do you want the world to know about you, Zab? Like, what would you want the world to, you know, just remember about you? Um, you stand for something or you fall for anything. And one thing I did was stand for something. You know what I'm saying? I stood for, you know what I'm saying, being an upstanding person. You know, believing in God, number one. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to have a higher power. Believe in order to be successful, you know what I'm saying? To go to the top, you gotta believe in something and work hard, dedicate yourself, believe in yourself, and mm-hmm. accomplish anything. I mean, like at the age of 41, to be doing, to be doing what I'm doing and still doing what I'm doing, yeah, you know, it's, it's the will of God. It ain't, <laughs> it's not me, and I'm not afraid to say that. That's beautiful. It's the will of God, you know, God is doing something with me. God is doing something for me. And, I'm just uh, respecting that 100, 150% around, along the way. Oh, oh, you know, yo, um, let me just rephrase this question. Now, a little kid that's out there that's, you know, that's saying that they wanted to choose this career, a young kid um, from the streets where we come from, and, you know, I know you do a lot. Tell them about your, I'll let you tell them about your charity, the work that you do with the kids, them too, which is phenomenal. But I know you speak to these kids, but for someone that's listening to this podcast and they, you know, listen to all the different, you know, ins and outs and the things that you have done, what would be one of the most important things, you know what I mean, that you would leave in his um, brain cell to let him know about boxing because boxing might look easy, but they don't understand. But you know, like I said, we know we both come from boxing and I trained a lot with Mike Tyson. So there's a part of boxing that people really just don't really get is the training. You know what I mean? The mind frame, you know what I mean? Being, being prepared to get ready to get hit or, you know what I mean? Get knocked out. You know, what, what would you tell a child, like a young dude growing up in the street, a young, you know, young guy, like, you know, coming from the streets, you know, what, what, what would you prepare him for? What would you let him, you know, know about boxing? Um, the, the number one thing I can tell anybody about, about fighting in the box is you play basketball, you play football, you play tennis, you play baseball. You don't play boxing. Hmm. Boxing is not a game that you play. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? What a uh, sport that you play. Boxing is a sport that you you gotta really want to do it. You gotta know what you're doing. You gotta practice at it. You gotta really be. You gotta really study for it. And boxing is not for everybody. I mean, I'm not afraid to tell people that today. You know, I meet a lot of people in 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 in, in the world that come to the game like, yo, I want to fight. I want to mm-hmm. do that. And then once they get in the ring and they get hit, they're like, wait a minute, this mm-hmm. is not for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this mm-hmm. is not for me. You know what I mean? So. You know, you gotta really know what you're doing about boxing, and if you really feel it in your heart, study for it, 
Work hard at it, but don't play with it. That's right. And on that note, I want to bring you back to one particular fight. You know what I mean? That I know you know I was going crazy. Mayweather. Let's talk about that for a minute. That was the fight of the century. Because, you know, I don't care the world. No, I believe you won that fight. I will die today, tomorrow, saying you won that fight. You you the only boxer that I knew that shook Mayweather. You the only one. You know what I mean? Like, you the only one that 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 gave him that hit that, like, whoa. Because to me, he's always running. You know what I mean? So it's like you was catching him. Wop, 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 boom. I was like, yeah, Zab. Give him a real fight. What You know, like, that was a fight that... I feel that I don't know why it never um, had a rematch. You know what I mean? Did y'all have a rematch? I did, right? No, I mean, well, it could have been a rematch, but Floyd, you know, he never wanted. He never wanted to fight you. Yeah, he never wanted to fight you again. Everyone knows me. I wanted to do the rematch, of course, one hundred percent. Yeah, but what was that like for you, man? You was pumped. You was like in. Yeah. You was in one of the best shapes I seen you, man. You was like, ooh, I was like, get him, Zab. But what was like, just give us a little bit about that night for you, that day for you. It was a big night. It was a big night. Very um, overwhelming. I mean, it's a lot of facts in the situation. I mean, like, I don't take nothing away from whatever happened, what was called, or <clears throat> what was said. One thing I do is tell people is that, you know, you can write down what you want to write down, but you can't fool the people. Mm-hmm. People, people know what they see. People know what they witness. People know what they feel. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> at the end of the day, you can't, you know, what I'm saying, over, overlook people's opinion on 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 all they feelings or what they, you know, felt that night. Of um, that was uh April eighth of uh, two uh, two thousand six. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, hey, a lot of people thought that I wanted to fight. I mean, hey, I mean, here's here's one big fact. One big fact, and um, you know, two would take take this and run with it. Mm-hmm. If two guys are fighting in the ring, there's only a referee to be the judge of what happens. If any other man from any other side gets into the ring and try to do anything to to the fight itself, that's what you call an automatic disqualification. Mm-hmm. Well, if you look at, if you look at the fight, Roger, you know, after the low blow and stuff like that was. Roger and Lennox both came into the ring before my dad came into the ring. And, you know, by, you know, by, by ruling or law or whatever you should call it, that should have been an automatic disqualification. But, you know, we was in the great Las Vegas and mm-hmm. we wasn't called that. So, hey, what can I say? But, like I say, no matter what, you know, what makes me feel good and me keep going every day is fan. You can't fool the fans, you can't fool the people. And people, you know, there, there's more people that say that it should have been a different way than say that it should have been that way. Yes. And mm-hmm. that's all that and then that's what that's what makes me feel great and keeps me going at the end of the And on that note too, let me ask you, let me just how does it feel, Zab, when you're coming out of your dressing room, when you're in your dressing room before a fight? How do you feel? Like, how do you get your mental right? You know what I'm saying? And how do you feel when you walk in and you walk that long walk from the dressing room to that ring? How does it feel for you? Um, I mean, it, it doesn't really, the walk doesn't do anything for you. I mean, the preparation mm-hmm. and prior is what gets you going. You know what I'm saying? When you know you prepared for this fight to the best of your ability and you in dog shape and you know that I did everything that I was supposed to do to get me through to, the, to win this fight, 
So you're that's ready. Then the preparation, like that's something too real tedious, you know what I mean? Like for a lot of people that's out there thinking, like again, like a boxing, the people see this big show. Like I used to always say after Mike's fight, like I said, people don't know the behind the scenes. And I've never really seen, like I see, you know what I mean? Some of the fighters show the workout, extraneous workout between the, the opponent and them. And like, you know, but people don't say like, what are some of the workout that you got to do? Like to make sure that you, you wreck, that you can. People don't know, and I'm going to put it out there that you cannot have no sex. You know what I mean? Sex is definitely out for, you know, if you're a boxer and you're training, your mind is right. You cannot. Okay. But you can tell them like two little things real quick. I'm eight weeks out of sex right now, so mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I know what I'm going through right now. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I've had sex. I've had sex for eight weeks, and I'm um, very strenuous. And yeah, what else? What else you got to do? What else you got to do to get the mind right? Strength. You gotta, you gotta live. You gotta live right. You know, There's no more party, no more hanging out, no more nothing. Is just going to the gym, coming home, eating, sleeping, and training, and getting your mind right. And training every mm-hmm. single day. A lot of you know, I work out two times a day. You mm-hmm. know, I, I go in the morning time, I do my cardio workouts. And then in the afternoon at 5 o'clock, I go to my boxing gym and do my boxing workout. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, the perks... Here's another, here's, another, here's another fact, right? So, mm-hmm. 19, 1990, uh, 1993, I won the Golden Gloves at 139 pounds. Mm-hmm. It's, it's 2019, and I'm fighting at 140 pounds still right mm-hmm. now. So, this fight coming up next week, I got to weigh in 140 pounds. Wow. Do you remember when I um did your open up with Shines and Mahegan Sun for your for your fight? Do you remember when I did that ring walk? Yep. Now, yep. you know when I look at that tape Zab, it was it's crazy to me like I don't know if you ever look back on that tape. We were in the Mahegan Sun. What year was that? That was like that's the year that that nut passed away. But anyway, um Huh? That was the 90s. No, no. Yeah, 90s. Right? Yeah, that was in the 90s. But I don't know if you ever looked at that tape, Zab, but I used to often look at that tape, and I used to look because, you know, that was main event, right? And we were in the Mohegan Sun, and that's in Connecticut, for those that don't know. And I remember their faces when... when the sh- funny thing was, in the Mohegan Sun, they had built a tent for us to work on it. The, mm-hmm. the main casino where they got now, where, I mean, the main... Um, what you call the um, convention center where they have the big shows that fights right now that you know that's different right from where we have for that right that's, we fought that's outside that's of the tent right 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 exactly I'm glad that you you know pointed that out yes y'all sure Zab you gotta look at that tape one day again go back and look at I'm talking about really when it was like they were just so when when Shines came out and per, and performed that bad boy anthem, 
the camera zoomed in on people's face. Like they weren't privy to hip hop down there. They didn't even know what hip hop was. They didn't even know what to expect. Like a lot of people didn't know that I did the ring walks for a lot of um, fights and I would get rap artists to come out to sing before a fight. You know, like I got it from Las Vegas, but when Don King was doing, he was doing old, you know, people, Bryson's, Luther Vandrill, you know, all these old people. So I introduced the hip hop part of it to boxing. So when Zab was fighting, I was like, Zab, oh, I would love to get Shines to come out and sing the bad boy anthem because we both, we were all from Brooklyn, remember? But Zab, when you look at that, the faces on those people, remember the most of the audience was based, they was like, besides us being deep from Brooklyn at that fight for you, it was all Caucasian. I mean, the way they were looking at Zab, um, um, Shines when he was performing, they didn't even, they did, they was just barely clapped. They didn't, they weren't really into hip hop. That's to show you how much hip hop has evolved. Do you get, you get what I'm saying? They were like bugging out. They was like, what? Like rap? That's what I said. I just said that we was there deep and deep as hell. But for the majority of them people, you know what I mean? It was just like when I look at the tape and I saw these people like what? They was just like stuck. Now hip hop has taken over. Like we just talking about boxing and hip hop. It's a glove. It's hand in hand. Like, you know, it has trickled and evolved tremendously. Like when I look back and I see some of your fights and I just be like, damn, like, you know, look how much you have brought to the sports of boxing. That's what I want to really, you know, point out. Like a young boxer like you, like we know about Mike, we know about her, we know about like all these people, but you have brought so much to the sport, and I commend you. You know what I mean. And this is why I wanted to do this interview because I know you do a lot of interviews, you do a lot of stuff. But I mean, I like to bring out different things if I can. You know what I mean? Just to show them how still at forty-one, you such a hard working father. You know what I mean? You know, entrepreneur. You know, tell them about little your little businesses that you have. You know, that you got. And then before you even do that, talk about your walk of fames, like your hall of fames. And, you know, in the boxing, you've been in, in, inducted into a couple of them, correct? Yeah, I mean, the list goes on. I mean, there's so much, I, don't, I can't, I don't even remember right now. <laughs> um, it's just, you know, I'm, I mean, the biggest thing is I'm fighting uh, June 7th. Everybody told me for that one. Um, Come in Nevada Boxing Hall of Fame weekend in Canastota, New York, um, at, at, the, at the Turning Point Casino. Mm-hmm. The Turning Point Casino, and um, I go for my uh, seventh world championship in the world. I'm excited, I'm ready, I'm locked and I'm loaded, and I'm ready to go ahead and show the world that I'm still one of the best top and top fighters that boxing ever created. There you go. Thank you so much, Zab. I, I really appreciate it. There you go. You had it front row with Jackie Rowe with my little brother, Zab Judah, about to do his numbers again to just kick some ass. You heard him. So, Zab, how could they find you on social media? You can find me on, on Instagram at Zab Judah, D-A-B-J-U-D-A-H, on Twitter at Super Judah, S-U-P-E-R-J-U-D-A-H. On Facebook at Zab D L that's my whole name. Z A B D I E L J U D A H. You can follow me there and I love everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Thank Big you. Shout out to the Jackie Rose Show for having me. Lots of love. Long time coming. I wish you well and a lot of success. 
Thank you, Zab. I love you so much. And thank you for taking the time out. I know you got a big fight and you know might be tired, but I appreciate you. Love you so much. You heard it, you know, like I said, front row with Jackie Rowe with Zab Judah. Thanks, Zab. All right, baby. All right, baby.